Welcome to the Sex and the City, the podcast. It's the podcast where we talk about every episode of Sex and the City from the creators of The Off Five. I'm Nathan. I'm Addie. How are you doing today, Addie? Doing good. Um, just hanging out. Uh, we got some smoke here, like bad smoke, like wildfire smoke. That's the worst kind of smoking. I agree. And I heard it's happening in your neck of the woods, too. Every neck of every woods. Smokey the Bear is crying. That's sad. Let's talk about the episode, season one, episode three, Bay of Married Pigs. (laughs) The date it came out was June 21st, 1998. And this episode was directed by a person named Nicole Holofsener. 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 Yeah. Some other things she's directed. I didn't look it up. Do you know? You? Oh, no, I, I no, don't know. I no idea. This is probably her her. next time. Well, yeah, yeah. Next time we'll talk about her. Um, Nicole. We're gonna it's written by Michael Patrick King, though, who is one of the big figures of this show. Oh, who who is it? Star and Michael Patrick King are like the two dueling uh, creative forces in the early seasons and then eventually Michael Patrick King just takes over. Bye, Darren. <laughs> <laughs> yep. We decided we wanted to do a better description of the episodes since um, sometimes it's hard to remember what episode we're talking about. So we're gonna we're gonna do that now. Um, this segment is called Carrie's Laptop. Carrie's Laptop. The Deets. Yeah, we realized on our other podcast, The Office, we don't have to talk so much about what happens in the episode because we were gearing that specifically to people that have seen the episodes over and over and over again. But for Sex and the City, that's probably not as true for most people. And so we should describe it in a lot of detail and then we'll do our patented segments. Sounds great. I've lightly edited this from, what's it called? Fandom. Sexandthecity.wiki. Okay, the the wiki, yeah, the wiki fan page. Not from the DVD menu this time. So here we go. Carrie enjoys a weekend at the beach house in the Hamptons of an ideal couple. But in the morning, the husband greets her in nothing but a revealingly short t-shirt. She tells the wife that she saw her husband naked and she is promptly rushed back to Manhattan by a threatened wife. (laughs) This is, okay, poorly written. But that's okay. We will survive. The girls said their names before, but I edited them out because I didn't think it was important. And then I didn't realize it was going to say them again. Well, because like (laughs) Patience wasn't introduced as the wife, but that is the wife. Patience and Peter. Yeah. The girls feel married people either consider singles competitors for their spouses or pity them. Stanford adds, it's getting the same with gay couples. His friend Joe and Lou asked Carrie to become their egg donor. Wait, were they his friends? I thought they were Carrie's friends. Uh, yeah, they're Carrie's friends. Ha, gotcha. Yeah. At her law firm's softball game, Miranda is teamed up with Sid, a single lesbian, and they play good enough for both of them to be invited at senior partner Chip's house party. The dinner goes very well, but Miranda decides to tell Chip the truth that she's not a lesbian, just single. She then laments her attraction to men when she uh, tries to kiss Sid and finds out she's straight again. (laughs) Carrie starts casually dating her friend's kind businessman friend, Sean, who is nice but a little vanilla. After a few dates to the movies, Carrie attends 
Sean's housewarming party and is horrified when almost all the other guests are married couples. When Samantha and Charlotte arrive, Samantha realizes that she's slept with two of the husbands who are at the party. She was unaware they were married and starts downing tequila shots. Charlotte insists on taking Samantha home and sleeping on her couch. In the middle of the night, a still drunk Samantha sneaks down in only her underwear and a trench coat and seduces her young Irish doorman, Tommy. 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 Um, when Sean asks Carrie to spend the night after the party, she declines and ends things with him. He reveals that he desperately wants to get married, so Carrie fixes him up with Charlotte. They go on a few successful dates, but after picking out clashing china patterns at a department store, Charlotte ends things with him too. The final scene shows the four friends meeting for a movie with Carrie admitting that even though being single can be tough, sometimes there's nothing better than a night out with your girlfriends. Oh. Thinking this is the third movie she's seen in this episode. Oh, really? Yeah, because he went on two movie nights with Sean, too. Oh, yeah. What movies did she see? The last one, it's possible they were going to see Godzilla. I think that's what they were seeing. I saw one other poster that was for U.S. Marshals earlier. The sequel oh. to The Fugitive with Tommy Lee Jones. But Well, the odd thing about Godzilla, well, not odd, just fortuitous, is that um, Matthew Broderick is in that, and that is actually sarah jessica parker's husband which is always so crazy to me i can't believe they're married hey i got some trivia for this one okay and this trivia came from my head okay first did you recognize the guy jeff who introduces miranda to sid at the softball game um did i what is he in that did you recognize his voice perhaps no you stumped that the is, buff. <laughs> that is a young H. John Benjamin who does the voice for, at the time, like Dr. Katz. Then he would be Coach McGurk on home movies. And then, like, now he's in the star of Archer and Bob's Burgers. Oh, um, really? Wow. Yeah. What's his seen name? seen him without a beard before. H. John Benjamin. Wow. I recognize his voice right away, even though I've never seen him without a beard, so... <laughs> but then I looked it up. It was him. Oh, I know exactly who you're talking about. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. He recently released an album on Sub Pop of him playing jazz solos, even though he doesn't know how to play piano. And he's playing with like a full jazz ensemble and just pretending to play piano. Oh, my gosh. It, it's called the Jazz Daredevil. Wow. Yeah. He looks so different now, but I think he looks better now. Honestly. Better. He looks so awkward then. He like all proportions yeah. seemed weird. <laughs> yeah. And I have one more trivia. This one's a continuity error. I'm gonna say. Okay. And this could go in our other segment about fashion, but I'm gonna put it here. Uh, Samantha at the party is wearing a very low cut party dress. Yeah. Like it was, you know, like halfway between her breasts and her navel. I'd say, right? Yeah. And then the back has no back it's backless so later on when she comes down to seduce tommy the irish doorman the underwear she's wearing could not have been under there because the 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 bra strap goes right underneath her boobs and oh my god it has straps over the shoulder so like either she had underwear at charlotte's house or or stole charlotte's yeah oh my gosh that is so that's a really good observation. Wow. Thank you. That's I, all I got. I wouldn't have even 
notice that at all. Wow. Because when she takes that off, I was like, I feel like I saw more of her when she was wearing the dress she was actually at a party at. <laughs> yeah, I guess that makes sense. Um, I have a, a bit of trivia. It's like research that I did because... So you know how the bus always in the opening credits says, Carrie Bradshaw knows good sex and isn't afraid to ask? Mm-hmm. So I never knew what that was from. And it was kind of bothering me. And I looked it up. It's referencing a movie from 1972 called Everything You Always Wanted to Know About Sex. And then with an asterisk, but you were afraid to ask. Oh, Woody Allen. Yeah. And Gene Wilder. It looks like the wackiest movie ever. Have you seen it? I've seen like little clips of it. It's like really out there. Like it's like little. Yeah. Like like scenelets describing like different processes of like uh yeah i i have seen little parts of it i haven't seen the whole movie but that's that's really interesting yeah it sort of is like uh eyes wide shut or something weird oh wow interesting at least to me it looked like yeah i'm glad you said that because that sentence always bothered me like not the one in the movie title but the one on the poster because it's like she knows it it's it's like you all you ever wanted to know but were afraid to ask and it's like she knows and isn't afraid to ask yeah, it why would she need to ask if she knows it? Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Um, but um, that's where it comes from. I think even the font is the same for the asterisk part, maybe. As the movie title? I think so, yeah. Yeah. So here's the thing about a movie like that. I've never seen it, like, or not seen most of it. But when you're a young, adolescent, teenager, preteen type guy like i was (laughs) when there's movies with sex in the title you always remember them yeah Uh, even if you don't see them it's just like oh i wonder what that is you know yeah oh i should watch the trailer i guess well i couldn't yeah you couldn't do that (laughs) that's i think now you wouldn't even really latch on to things like that but back then it was hard to like learn things i feel now it's too easy to learn things well it's like you were like walking around in blockbuster and like what what whatever was at eye level is what i remember like i remember seeing yeah. some weird movie covers and being like and i would probably like it would probably bring back weird memories you know even the smell of blockbuster i think there was a movie called like super sexy number nine or something like that and i if i'm right that's like something i was always like i wonder what that's about because also for a long time i didn't realize that sex wasn't like a bad word or the, and especially sexy was used in like pretty benign ways. Yeah. So I probably would have been really disappointed if I watched a movie like that. If it exists. <laughs> you should watch it. Super sexy. Okay. Number nine. Yeah. Um, what else do we have here? Oh, any more trivia? No more trivia. Do you want to do our segment? How the turntables of phrase where we talk about the turns of phrase in the episode that caught our ear. None caught my ear, so I want to hear what you have to say. <clears throat> okay. Uh, I, well, I like, he's not my boyfriend. He's just someone I'm trying on. Oh, and then she even says that to him when um, she's breaking up with him. Like, So this is Carrie talking to the nice businessman, Sean. And she says, I just wanted to try you on. You didn't fit. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a really nice way of putting it because... I've always thought about that. Like, like, you know, clothes can be really expensive. Yeah. But when they don't fit, they're worthless. Like, 
Yeah, hundred, $200 pair of hiking boots. Find them on Facebook Marketplace for 10 bucks. If they're not your size, they're worthless. You can't wear them. Yeah, that's very true. You'd be better off wearing a way cheaper pair that actually fit you comfort-wise. And, uh, it and so like, good- it's not a judgment on the thing. It's for somebody. It's just not for you. So it's a nice way, non-judgmental way of uh, discarding someone. Yeah, it is. Um, I don't think this it would work after a certain amount of time. Like it's a good way to break up with someone after a week and a half. But if you were gonna do that after like a couple years, that'd probably not go over well. Like yeah, probably not. it doesn't take that long to try something on, you know. Yeah, you usually have to do it before you leave the store. Yeah, how long were you in the dressing room? You know, like come on. Yeah, what were you doing in there? Exactly, one person allowed at a time. <laughs> Here's another one. It was like Noah's Upper West Side rent-controlled ark <laughs> when she talks about the party with all the couples. That was a good one. That's a really good... What do you call that? Uh, euphemism? Uh, analogy. Yeah. Well, analogy is about relations. Maybe, yeah. I don't know. I like it, though. <laughs> yeah, I liked it, too. That was good. Um, a, a biblical reference is always good in Sex and the City absolutely it is and this one is one of the ones we really like which is as someone somethings someone else something else and in this case it wasn't one of the best ones but it was as Miranda cursed her heterosexuality Charlotte cursed tequila <laughs> which I'm drinking by the way cursed tequila oh my gosh you'll guess who it was cursed by it was cursed by not by Tommy no it was a satanic raccoon <laughs> Yours was or um, Samantha's? No, hers was just regular. Or no, hers was cursed by Charlotte. Mine was com- cursed by a satanic raccoon that, that yells during the night near our house. Oh my gosh. We have a skunk that does the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. It riles the dogs up. Does it rile your dog up? No, he just thinks like, oh, a friend. And I'm, we're like, no, we're trying to. Oh, because he, he got sprayed, right? Yeah. Ah. I'm drinking Topo Chico. Nice. It's good. Subsidiary of Coca-Cola. Yeah. And um, there's a guy that always comes in, collects our recycling for money. And mm-hmm. um, I'm he's like really excited that we're drinking so much LaCroix these days because we're not drinking alcohol. But um, he was like interested in he's like, oh, I've never seen LaCroix before. And I was like, dude, try it out, especially if you're trying to get sober. He's like, what planet is he living on? I know. I know. I don't know. I was like, how do you not know LaCroix? Um, but anyway, he might try it out. LaCroix. I thought LaCroix was fancy in French, but it's not. It's just a, a river in America. That's why it's LaCroix instead of LaCroix. Some people do say LaCroix, and I'm like, okay. That's, that's what I used to say, but it's not the case once something is named after a thing that's pronounced differently you have to name it differently but you know what else is like that what hagen does it's, it's just nonsense it's not german or anything it's just it was created in america it's just made to sound like fancy european nonsense oh my god that sounds so good right now i was like that's a good way of making your product seem fancy and imported which i believed until i found that out last week like Topo <laughs> Hagen that's right damn it they've got us Capitalism yeah. got us under their palm. It's got us by the things we have. The chinny chin chin. Um, do you have any pickup lines as part of our how the turntables are phrased? 
Were there any pickup lines in this episode? Oh, I mean, I guess you we could talk about like the egg donor. That was sort of a pickup line, but it was a pickup line for an egg donor. <laughs> yeah. Do you think if you were picking someone to be your egg donor that you would be able to make the decision by just being like, oh, you know what I'm thinking? That would be perfect. Now let's tell her. <laughs> no, I don't think that's the way that you're going to get to a yes. You have to create buy-in. You got to be like, we love your column. We want someone that's smart and funny like you. It doesn't seem like you want to have kids. Wouldn't it be great to like still have your genes going on so someone could be providing your witty brand of feminism around the world after you're dead? Yeah, something like that. Or like, wouldn't you ever want to like experience what it's like to be pregnant and give birth and then not have to parent? Well, it wasn't a surrogate. It was just an egg donor. Oh, you're right. They already had a surrogate. Yeah. But, I mean, according to the back of the paper when I was in college, egg donors get like 10 grand. So it must be pretty invasive and, and hard on you. It's not like, like an I easy donation, but still, it's not as bad as like caring to term. I know somebody who did that. Yeah? Yeah. My sister's coworker, who was really cool. And she like, um, but she had to inject all these hormones into her stomach all the time. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. Is that what they call it these days? Yeah. <laughs> Uh-huh. I mean, a hormonal ride. Oh, I get it. Oh, no, no, no. Um, Yeah, so it sounded like it was really intense. But yes, you do get like 15 grand. Nice. And you nice. get to like help a family, you know, that wants to have kids and can't. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it was an insult, you know, but maybe it was the way that they said it to her. Yeah, it's pretty flippant. And then they're like, here's our card. See ya. If you change your mind. Yeah, this one wasn't big on pickup lines. I had a, can I have a cigarette? Can I have a kiss? Come upstairs for a minute from from a very drunk Samantha. But I, I don't know. Yeah, it wasn't much. I mean, it, when you say it wasn't big on pickup lines, because big wasn't in it. Uh, that's right. It's not in this episode. First one without big. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so we don't have a pickup line, but that's okay. I mean, Samantha's worked on Tommy. He was a cutie. <laughs> Can I just say, this episode was light on the sex. Like, apparently, Samantha had sex with him because he came out of the room naked. But that's that's all we got? Sex in the city. Nobody else got a kiss from a straight woman to a lesbian woman. That's pretty and, much it. And some movie dates, and that's all. Oh, and, a, and a, a dick hanging out. Oh, yeah, that was, like, first thing off the... Right out of the gate. Right out of the t-shirt. Well. Yeah. Let's talk about... In the right context. <laughs> the most beautiful thing a woman can see. I know. The whole time, all I was thinking was like, oh my gosh, this is just like a combination of the episode of The Office, the dinner party, and um, the one where Phyllis gets flashed in the parking lot. In Fun Run, I didn't see where it started, but I saw where it ended. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We learned a lot from this episode. <laughs> oh, Pam. Um, let's talk about our segment called No One Goes There Anymore. Where we talk about the cultural references, both still relevant and uh, dated. Yeah. Well, what do you got? I have the Northern Irish War. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Which was a weird reference because um, she's talking about so the whole theme of this is married people versus single people. And um, then she 
she like compares it to the uh, North Ireland war, which I felt was also sort of flippant. <laughs> She's like, it's wow. not like, it's not like a cold war. It's more like the North Irish war where we're all just the same, but we still end up having battles. It's like, Oh, Okay, yeah, I guess. Sunday, bloody Sunday. Yeah. Wasn't that religious war? Like, uh, like you know, like the different churches? Or, or was that mostly about subjugation to England? I think it was about mostly subjugation to England because I'm pretty sure that Ireland is just pretty Catholic in general. I don't think that it was a religious base, but I could be wrong. If you know, send us an email at the sex in the city of the podcast at gmail.com. Tell us about the North Irish War. Yeah. Yeah, and compare it to when single people and married people meet. How it's very similar. Yeah. Well, uh, I've got a reference to, similarly to the Bay of Pigs, which is in the title, the Married Bay of Pigs. Oh, yeah. Bay of Married Pigs. You know, that's a weak connection because is married pigs a expression? Like, what is what is this? I know what uh, Bay of Pigs is, but like, why? how does marriage tie into this at all as a pun? Or a reference at all. Oh, is it because they continue talking about the Cold War throughout the episode? Or no? Oh, I see. Yeah, so it's like the Bay of Pigs was the Soviets in Cuba, JFK. Um, I know history, so obviously I know everything that happened. I just won't bore you with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what was that? April 17, 1961? Yeah, um, that was just a quick Actually, no. Google search. <laughs> Oh, okay, then, yeah. No, <laughs> Actually, no. Same thing as... You no, know, mostly about other things, not about that. Cuban Missile Crisis. But yeah, I don't... It's not, like... When I think of expressions like this, I think of um, Wheel of Fortune and how the category before and after is always something really good, like... Um, uh, now I can't even think of anything, but you know what I mean, where it's, like, two expressions... And they have the same word. Um, the first expression has it in the end, and the second expression has it in the beginning, and then you just combine them. Oh, uh, I see. Yeah. Like, here's an example. Birds of Paradise Lost, or something like that. Excellent example. Yes. Thank you. I can see that. Um, but, yeah. Bay of Married Pigs? No. No. We're giving that one our thumbs down. Uh, what about this? The DKNY dress that you try on. You know it's not for you, but you try it on because it's right there. What is that? Donna Karen. What is DKNY? Donna Karen, New York. It's like, a, it's a brand. Oh, okay. Uh, is is it good? Or do you have, do you ever wear <laughs> any of this? It's like classy stuff. It's like, it was popular in the 90s, I think, or early 2000s. They have good underwear, too. Okay, good. We've also got this creepy sheriff mobile that uh, that Sean has, which is like if you if you like like a like a baby mobile that has um, oh those baby angels on it that that's like like imagine if your baby was sleeping and then red flags were just spinning above its head. <laughs> yeah, that was so disturbing that he showed that. I yeah. mean, I mean, it's like sort of endearing in a way, but it's also like really desperate. Yeah, it is. It's just and not he, found, he found it in Aspen three years ago, which is, it's just got, 
he went to Aspen to like ski or something, but he's thinking about kids and it was three years ago and doesn't even have a girlfriend. It's it's a lot of sadness in one item. Yeah, it really is. But he's so proud of it that it's hard to be like, that's fucking weird, dude. He's yeah. And there was a reference to a play as well. A musical. Miss Saigon. Yeah. What is that? Uh, it's by Klon Michael Schoenberg and Alain Bobiel and uh, I don't know. <laughs> 1989 it came out. It's oh wait, it's it tells the tragic tale of a doomed romance involving an Asian woman abandoned by her American lover. I can't believe that they were like, oh yeah, I knew you when I when you were straight when you were in Miss Saigon, and he's like, yeah. He's like, I'm still in Miss Saigon. <laughs> it's like, okay. Lame. Yeah. <laughs> and then the other two things that were mentioned were two different styles, American classic and French country. And yeah. um, that was when Charlotte and Sean had a disagreement about which type of China they would um, prefer. And mm-hmm. Sean was American classic and Charlotte's French country. I feel like yeah. those have overlapping like characteristics, so they probably could have worked it out. <laughs> like the Irish? No. <laughs> no, actually, I think, you know, the things that are most similar usually have the biggest disagreements because it's like the things that are really different from you, you're like, whatever, that's so different. But like, who has conflict? America and Canada, Australia, New Zealand, uh third and second wave ska people (laughs) like when you like when you cross the line and it's close enough that's usually when you you turn on the other person because we're all about in groups and out groups and apparently you know if it was just completely different like she wasn't put off by the mobile or did she not see it she was there no she was there remember they were doing the um the tour of the house and honestly that is something charlotte might do so i don't think she was off put by that but um but I see what you're saying. It was it's too similar to be able to uh what do I want to say? Coexist? Yeah, exactly. Coexist. Do you really think Charlotte would I mean I know she's in she works in the museum and stuff. Do you really think Charlotte would end a relationship over just that? It must have been pretty weak outside of that too, because it seems like she's willing to make quite a few compromises later. Yeah, totally. Or maybe she's just later on getting more desperate. I don't know, because it doesn't seem like something you should end a relationship over. It seems like it's because he cared and he didn't agree with her. Like, if he was just like, I don't know what kind of China I want, like most people would, then she would have been like, at least I can control the China situation here. Yeah, because she's the one that has all the dreams about homemaking and weddings and that kind of stuff. And so if you end up with a partner like that, then how do you compromise on those things? I don't know. I don't think you can. (laughs) <laughs> it's war. It's like it's like a cold war, or maybe a Bay of Pigs, maybe even. Yeah, exactly like that. Um, yeah. I couldn't help but wonder. <laughs> what can you wonder? But why? No. Why would Carrie be smoking a cigarette inside of her friend's house on the Hamptons? Uh, because everyone did that back then. Is that the answer? It, did they? I don't know, but they smoke a lot, huh? Yeah. Inside. Yeah, they do. Yuck. They're ruining the house. Yeah. It's... Ugh. And was it like breakfast? Yeah. Or was that when they were telling the story later? Oh, it was... That would be better. It was like right when she got there. Right. And she was telling stories about her hooking up. Yeah. 
I don't know, but I have a question as well. Uh, I couldn't help but wonder. What? What couldn't you help? So there's this part where they go to Sean's party. It's Carrie and Charlotte and Samantha. They walk in, and there's a bunch of groups of two people, you know, couples. Yeah. Talking. Like, oh, no, it's all couples. But I just thought, that would be the worst party ever. Are you saying that all these people are in long-term committed relationships and they are only talking to the person they are in a long-term committed relationship with? To me, it looked more like this is like the end stages of like a, a swinger party. Like everyone's, because everyone's super into who they're talking about, but they're not like, I would say it'd be more likely to be all couples if you saw groups of four people talking. Yeah, I agree. That's a good point. Like, why would you go to a party to talk to your significant other if like you could just do that at your house <laughs> i don't know but like and why would you see people doing that and assume that they're all couples <laughs> that's it seems weird it seems like they're all about to hook up the people like, like, like holding another person's arm and like leaning on the wall and being like oh that's crazy i can't believe you also watched rugrats w- when you were a kid i it's kind of like the party that we talked about last time um where It's just like an odd social situation. Oh, it was when Miranda was going over to um, be set up on that blind date. Or um, no, she was going to date that guy who usually goes out with models. And they Uh, asked the same question every single time to all of his girlfriends. It's like, I get what they're trying to portray. But when you stop and think about it, it's like, that doesn't actually make sense. (laughs) Right. It's like they wrote what they wanted the impact of the scene to be, and then they couldn't figure out how to film it necessarily, so they just picked a thing. It's like a representation or a suggestion of a thing. Yeah. I think this would have been a better one. Not to um, say I could do this better than Sex and the City, but they walk in. Oh, here's another thing that's weird about that scene. They, They walk up to a door and hang their coats outside it, outside the door, and then they open the door, and that's where everyone is. Like, are they already in the apartment? Does this house have a coat room that is in the hallway? Because no one let them in. It's so weird. Yeah. Uh, So they walk in and they're talking to people. Kind of like what they do later with with Samantha. Maybe they're like talking to people and then it like starts flashing in and being like a like quick cuts. And it's like, dun, 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 dun. And you like see that everybody is with someone else with their arm around them while they're talking. That would to me would portray it's a party full of couples because when couples go to a party they go to talk to other people but a lot of times they're together so you can't hit on them because they're together uh but but they couldn't they can't portray it just by having couples talking that's weird yeah that is it doesn't make any sense um and then the one time that a guy gets away from his significant other and is talking to samantha the wife comes up and it's like um i'm blah 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 his wife like (laughs) <laughs> okay, you're at a party. Like, what? Just because you're talking to someone? Is it because of the way she was dressed? Like, I would feel Probably. so awkward if somebody did that to me. Like, um, hey, I'm his wife. Oh, okay, sorry. I, uh, I wasn't, like, asking him to marry me. <laughs> I was asking him about whether or not I should have aggressive stock portfolio. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, also, actually, like, an intelligent conversation. She wasn't, like, touching his chest or something when she said that. It was They were just talking. Yeah, it's so weird. Yeah, it is really weird. That's when she starts drinking heavily, and I feel like I would have done the same thing. It's after she sees that she slept with two of the men there. But then it's weird because they're, they're showing that as, like, 
oh, well, because married men take off their rings. You never know if you have slept with a married man. But then two of the people at the party tell Carrie that they've had sex with Sean and that it's awesome. So that's implying that it was before they got in their relationship. So I just feel like the show is kind of like guiding you down a thing. And it's like, this is the conclusion you're supposed to draw. But they're not really giving you like all the reasons to think that's true on the surface. If it weren't for the voiceover and like the plotting, you would probably get a different impression from a lot of these scenes. And I think that's uh, kind of a weakness in visual storytelling. Yeah. And the other thing is that Patience and Peter are there and Carrie like openly wants to talk about how, you know, says, hey, about that time. And they're like, don't talk about it. It's like, okay, Mm -hmm. this is they do the same. They've got issues. Yeah, it's like these married people have the same issues that single people have, but it's like they have like a way to hide it because on the outside it looks like they're um, they have what everyone wants, you know? Yeah, I agree, but I I think it's weird that the show doesn't call that out. Like, even though the show is kind of hinting at it, but Carrie never says anything about that. That it's yeah. like an insecurity, which it obviously is. Like, you know, it's like you can't be trusted, but it's not because you can't trust them. It's because they can't trust the person they're in a relationship with. And that kind of just, I mean, maybe they're just leaving that to the audience. But I feel like Carrie should notice that at least by the end of the episode. because It's so clear. Yeah, I agree. And she usually you do get kind of a wrap up, but this is not giving you that. You're still getting the sense that all of them. Although they go to the movies together, they still want to be in a relationship and want to be married. Yeah, uh, all the themes we've just talked about, the conclusion of the episode is sometimes you just got to go to a movie with your friends. Like, It's almost like a Sex and the City parody of how you would like wrap this up. It's like, but girls, you know, having girlfriends is cool. Girl power, goals. Go to movies with a man, you can go to movies with your friends if you want, like. It's just weird because that's not thematically related to the episode. It's not, yeah. You know, like um, where we're okay. So we were talking about references. Let's move on to um, fashion show, fashion show, fashion show at brunch. Yes, I'm so excited. What fashion moments did you notice? I have a few. We always have different ones, so I'm excited. Yeah, I, I, I hope we do. I my first one is Stanford's double V neck. It's got two different lengths, two different depths of V. Because <laughs> uh, wearing two V-neck t-shirts. What over, colors? What colors are they? I don't remember. But those are underneath a like full wool-looking pea coat or something. Is that the right word? Like like a woolly trench coat kind of. Yeah. Is it like what color is that? Do you remember? Dark blue. It's like a sailor's. Like, oh, jacket. a double-breasted. I think it was double-breasted. It's undone, though, because he's got the T-shirts underneath. And then he's wearing a shiny bucket hat, I think, with the brim up. <laughs> which oh, is like, my god! Maybe gosh. it's leather or, or like an like a oiled canvas or something, but it's kind of shiny. And oh I couldn't figure gosh. out what kind of hat it was, but I think it was a bucket hat. But I've just never seen one with a, a bucket hat with the brim up since reruns of Gilligan's Isle. <laughs> That's what he... He was probably going for that. Like, that is his inspo. Yeah, Gilligan's so. Island. Yeah, he's he's the, but I think he's trying to be the captain. Yeah, for sure. What do you got? I have my favorite fashion moment was Carrie's nude tube top. <laughs> yeah, and she had on black pants, 
and then she had this like really intense uh pastel pink blush and violet eyeshadow and i just thought it looked kind of like model off duty like model on the weekend kind of look like between photo shoots kind of thing and it was when she was chilling with her friend who was she chilling with samantha I don't know, but I think that's what she was wearing when she was with Stanford, except she had a light brown trench coat over that. Oh. She definitely had the tan tube top on then. Yeah, I liked that. I I like that a lot. Yeah. It's uh, very 80s hair. Like like the perm. April O'Neil from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movies. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's definitely like a perm, but I love how when she pulls it back in a low ponytail, it looks so good. Mm. Well, later on, when she's uh, walking with Sean, she's wearing a red coat over a Hanson t-shirt. Really? Oh my gosh, yeah. that's funny. And a blue fedora. That's a lot. The fedora, the hats in this episode are just kind of a lot. Yeah. <laughs> my second favorite moment was when Miranda's taking Sid to the, the her boss's dinner party and she's wearing like the most cliche lesbian outfit you could wear, which is her hair is super short, slicked back. And then she's got on just a man's collared shirt and a tie and buttoned up all the way with a tie on it. Yeah. Like a striped button up shirt. Yeah. And a trench coat over that. She looks like Patrick Bateman in American Psycho. Yeah. Very 80s business. Yeah. I kind of like it, honestly, but it's a little much. I feel like she's overdoing it in a way because she's trying to convince everyone she's a lesbian, which like I wish she like normally she pulls off a more androgynous look more effortlessly. Yeah, this is too much. Yeah. But uh, she's trying to convince herself even. Yeah. She's a lesbian. Well, she's and she's wearing the like costume of, you know, masculine corporate culture because she's trying to like claw her way up the, the ladder at that law firm. Yeah. So it makes sense. But yeah, it's definitely over the top compared to what she's worn before. Such an interesting take on the sexuality in this one where it's like, I would think in the late 90s, this would be kind of a like an unexpected development, which would be that someone's assuming she's a lesbian because she doesn't have a boyfriend. Doesn't say anything like, oh, you have short hair or whatever. Uh, But then that the problem ends up being that she's just not in a relationship, but actually like the you know the head partner or whatever chip he would like a token lesbian couple in their group because because like it's like more of a problem that she's not a lesbian because you know there's other types of sexuality other than those two like she could just be asexual or something like that but that's not even what they're talking about nobody like cares they're just like the awkwardness is like oh my god i'm so sorry i accidentally set you up with a woman yeah and the other awkwardness is from the top down yeah, and um, it's like they wanted to tokenize her, and absolutely, they could have just tokenized her for being a woman lawyer. Come on, <laughs> yeah, he just wanted to be part of that group so bad. It was like just let her be in it. And honestly, Miranda, you know, she's so offended by having um, been set up with Sid. But I mean, give her a chance. Maybe she's a cool girl. Maybe. You know, I guess she immediately wasn't attracted and she did try. But I thought it was really cool of Sid to go to the dinner party regardless. 
it was kind of messed up for her to tell them that they would love to go when when with her instead is like they were basically just like hung out that one day and were yeah uh seemed like they they got along fine but then he was like oh definitely we'll go i was like wondering like because sid's not really a character kind of but i wonder like what was the conversation after that like don't worry i'll there's something in this for you i'll pay for something i don't know like you can't just like grab a stranger and be like come pretend to be my date at this thing without any you know like you you'd want to like if it was your friend or something then sure if not you'd be like i'll buy you dinner or something like that i don't know yeah we didn't get to see that maybe she did say that but it was like just unbelievably cool of her to do to go with her you know yeah Um, but sid is kind of used as an object because she gets set up with her and then she's like oh you can come to this thing and then she's like i'm gonna kiss you to see if i could be lesbian <laughs> yeah but, not, but it's like what, what does she want to do with that night does she want to hang out pretending to be someone's partner at a boring law party or like does she have other things to do i don't know yeah she's sort of tokenized by the episode or by the show yeah but one thing the show does do even though it has uh, no, you know, none of the main four characters are gay. Is it's very like normalizing of gay, where they're like running into gay characters, and her friends gay, and like these people are like, oh, I thought I thought you were gay, and like, not, like there's no problem with it. I was just gonna set you up with someone, and I picked the wrong, like your like wrong preference, but but I it was. Think- it's not like, like oh, that's so crazy, you know? Yeah, I think that um, the only thing wrong with it is that they always make it in in sort of like a binary like you're either straight or gay where it's like Miranda you could be queer you could be bisexual you could be pansexual you could be like just don't you know like maybe Sid is cool maybe you will have an attraction to her but um it's always like I'm straight I'm not gay yeah yeah exactly but that is that is like that time so you yeah, can't fault it, it was that. ahead of its time for the time, but it's behind the times for now, which is fine. It's right where we thought it would be. Yeah. I mean, it, Cynthia Nixon is gay, so it wouldn't be like crazy like nobody thought of that. <laughs> oh, I forgot about that. I forgot that she was a lesbian. Yeah. Um, okay, what else do we... Did you have any other fashion moments? I don't. What's yeah. our next segment? Um, we got to make sure YouTube comes down to film this. And this is a crossover from our, our other podcast, The Off Five. But we'll probably come up with a name with the Sex and the City vibe to it, don't you think? Yeah, or maybe we'll even stop doing this segment after a while because it won't probably be relevant forever. After season one, yeah. Um, they're, they're still continuing. The only thing I had for this segment was they're still continuing the testimonials from randos. Um, with mm-hmm. ja- a jazzy background, which <laughs> just like kind of just pulls you out of the plot. I don't know. That's probably why they stopped. Yeah, doing it. it is weird. And, and the only thing I had is just filmmaking. Was at the end when they go into the movie. There's like this weird crane shot where it's like they're walking into the movie theater, and then the camera just goes up past the like name of the theater, and then just goes up into the sky and shows the moon. For no reason at all. Like, that wasn't part of the theme of this episode. I wish they had been, like, single women are, like, werewolves. They'll come out and steal your husband, full moon, or whatever. But, like, there was nothing about it. It was just, like, here's the moon. It was nighttime. (laughs) Goodbye. Like, that's it. And it goes to credits. Confirming that, yes, it was a girl's night. (laughs) (laughs) Uh. 
It was that, I thought that was so strange. I was like one of the least motivated camera movements I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, poor choice, Nicole. Uh, what's your name? What's your name? What's your name? Nicole. Half, half a <laughs> yeah, Nicole. Half a, Hol- Holkenbacher or whatever. Yeah. Um. Holofsener. Oh yeah. Uh, how about a segment that we like to call "Friendship Never Goes Out of Style," where we talk about the characters. Although we've been doing that this whole time. Um, do you have? We've any- been talking this whole time about them. Have you? Do you have anything to add? Uh, well, let's just go through the characters and kind of give their perspective on the theme this okay. time. Uh, Charlotte treats marriage like a sorority she's trying to pledge. And she says, like, I would never sleep with a married man. And it's basically downplaying the uh, the conflict between the married and the singles. And I think it's because she wants to be married and she doesn't want to lose her friends when she gets married, which is like Aww. kind of what they're implying is going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. So I can see why she would be fighting that. She talks about something called a classic six because she's in real estate. And that is a a classic six is a six room apartment floor plan found in buildings built in New York City prior to 1940. It consists of a formal dining room, a living room, a kitchen, two bedrooms, a smaller bedroom and one or two bathrooms. So, yeah, she's like looking for a specific type of husband. And honestly, Sean kind of fits the bill. So I'm, you know, it's just the French country American classic debacle that really got between them. Yeah, I I feel like she was a little bit underserved in this episode because like, I I feel like they could have set up more. I I guess if if anything, they were kind of saying that that she's like really picky, but also wants to get married. That's that's it. Yeah, because it's like, oh, I really want to get married. It's hard to find a person that wants to get married. Oh, never mind. We're not exactly the same. So it's fine. Yeah, Pass. that doesn't really make any sense. And then we've got Miranda kind of know her situation. She's trying to climb the ladder of corporate success um, by using a queer person. <laughs> um, and she's kind of what does she have to say about the whole singles versus married situation? She, uh, she's on board. She says when someone gets married, all bets are off. And uh, the ones who don't fear you pity you for the, the married people. Yeah, which does seem um, kind of true in their reality. So Miranda, she's just kind of bitter, honestly. I think she just feels like she doesn't want to be pitied and she doesn't want to be feared. She just wants to be mm-hmm. accepted. Um, her, her, her plot... Uh, ties more into the people just want to have you figured out so even if they find out that you're lesbian or something like that then that's still fine at least they've like got it which i i think that theme would also work well in the insecurity part that that like we were talking about where it's like oh well they'd be fine hanging out with you if you were a lesbian because then they could trust their husband around you or whatever but this is like not even that it's like a business that wants to have you figured out too i think the weird thing is that this show is kind of positing that in this episode that being single is like the most persecuted group in Amer- in New York where like it'd be better to just be gay or something but like if, if you're single no one knows what to do and it's like so many people are single that I doubt that that's the most like you know such a privilege to be like well I'm like a very accepted demographic but but if you're single man that is hard yeah I think that every single person Every single person 
was <laughs> is or was at one point single in their life. So there's no way that that's like the most vilified group, you know. Um, yeah. I do think that um, people like to put things in boxes or put people in boxes in order to know if they can trust them or not. And so I do sort of get that perspective, but it doesn't really like translate as well as the uh, the sort of like married people are insecure or like or like maybe married people don't actually have it as good as they think or, you know, like so, that kind of theme that they could have gone with but yeah exactly yeah um so samantha's is they're they fear single people because we can have sex anytime anywhere with anyone and if you're still single you cannot be trusted she also said wedding rings come off you know yeah and she proves that when she's at the party and says oh yeah i slept with that guy and that guy yeah uh here's another thing that i don't quite agree with in this episode is that the the two options are you are single and you can do whatever you want or you are married and maybe it's maybe it's a generational thing i don't know but like i know a lot more people that are in like serious relationships that maybe don't get married or they get married a lot later so the fact that they are not married is not as big of a difference like people that are in like long-term committed relationships and married people are it's like basically the same thing and then people that are single single that's their own thing too but uh, but this like the marriage being the like cutoff i think is a very antiquated way of looking at like yeah fidelity and flirting and all that stuff and it goes back to like well it goes back a long ways but it also kind of reminds me of just the whole like putting people in boxes in like straight uh gay married single it's like you're marking a form on like a demographic form it's like oh wait but what if i'm like not married but i'm not single you know or like what if i'm not Mm -hmm. straight but i'm not gay you know so um they're like missing the mark in a few ways like it's like just think a little bit outside the box and maybe you guys could have this figured out it's fine to say that society's like that, but the weird is that the characters are also basically using that exact same paradigm. They're not challenging it at all. Yeah, they're, they're like, not. I mean, like Miranda's like what I'm like career driven, but but for everyone else, it's like so you'd be like, well, if if people are married, then then you uh, can trust them absolutely because they're married. But if they're single, you can't trust them at all. But it's like the only reason you can't trust single people is because you can't trust married people. If you could yeah. trust the married people, you wouldn't need to worry about trusting the single people because yeah. sex takes two people. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. That is so true. And and honestly, it's the guys that they're like not trusting because the guys are the ones that are screwing around on the, like their wives, you know, like and then, world, yeah. and then all of a sudden, um, you know, it's the single women's fault somehow. <laughs> like, yeah, like that person's husband is like showing off their their, and then the the like solution is make this make the person that he's showing the to leave, not like yeah, I don't know, have a conversation or go to marriage counseling or something. Yeah, exactly. Ah, it's real bad. I, but I'm not saying it's unrealistic. Actually, I think that's actually that's fine i just think it's weird that out of all the characters that talk about it in this episode that none of them seem to have a very good opinion (laughs) yeah 
That's true. Even in the testimonials. But, yeah, true. C- Carrie is just like trying out the marrying kind and she's just open learning, like not really uh, super judgmental or super opinionated in this one. So that's why we love Carrie. Yeah, we love Carrie. Stanford says it's not just straight people that the gay people are also doing this, which is fine. And he loves Miss Saigon because because it's a musical. But when he says to the two guys that come up, they're like, oh, this is my life partner. And he says, where are you registered? And then he answers. Uh, Barney's. Whatever. Barney's. And then he says, it was a joke. Like, this is two episodes in a row. Stanford has made very bad jokes. Yeah, I didn't. <laughs> Does he have a bad sense of humor? I didn't get the joke because I was like, like, if you ask that to someone you don't know. Yeah. Like, they're going to answer. <laughs> It's so weird. Like, if they were here, like, I'm getting married, and someone's like, where are you registered? And you'd be like, oh, Target. And they're like, I'm just kidding, because obviously I'm not going to buy you a gift, because I don't like you. Yeah, like, or like, so if you were like, where, where are you registered? Oh, Target. Or no, where are you registered? <laughs> Good joke. I'm not going to tell yeah, you. Was, I'm not going to tell you. Be like, what if they're like a really sincere person? <laughs> and they were like, oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, that's like... He implies that the correct answer was laughing, like you said. That's weird. Yeah, that is weird. Come on, Stanford. Um, yeah. And then, any other characters that you wanted to talk about? Yeah, we we talked about all the boyfriends. I think. I I, I hope Tommy the door guy didn't get fired for abandoning oh, his post. He was so cute. Oh. Sorry, miss. <laughs> David and Lisa. That was another couple that was Carrie's favorite couple. They went out to lunch together, and then we never see them again ever in any other episode. <laughs> because because the, the blind date didn't go well. I, I'm glad you brought them up because I do love their interactions. Like where They're like kind of making fun of each other and like actually seem secure with each other. That's why yeah. they could probably be friends with Carrie, but like they actually seem the only people that have a normal relationship. Yeah, they do. And they set um, her up with someone who wasn't too bad either. Like... It was a setup yeah. for sure, but I don't know. It was kind of nice of them to think of of her. I don't understand how that how that date worked out though. They were like, "Okay, we'll we'll talk to you for a while, and then then you come in for dessert." Yeah, and just be like, "Oh, I'm I didn't see you guys here." Wow, it's like, where were you gonna go to eat by yourself? Uh, yeah, they didn't <laughs> invite me, so that's what I was gonna do. <laughs> um, Are you heading to your table right now? I don't know. Okay, <laughs> sit down here. Did you notice that Peter kind of looks like Will Arnett? Or wait, no, not Will Arnett. Will Forte. Will Forte, yeah. Will Forte? Yes. Absolutely. I actually thought that might have been him for a second, and then I was like, wait, this is 1998. Yeah, yeah, me too. He looks a lot like him. Yeah. And then, are we going to... Should we rate the episode? Yeah, we should. But I want to do one more segment called There's Good Stuff Here, where we talk about things that we liked that we didn't mention yet. And it was when they're doing the, like, interview segments... When the person who became married and is like talking about how they became more mature and stuff like that, the woman, yeah, her husband is just staring at her. I noticed that whole, not he even barely like, moves, no expression at all. No, and I was like, he just like wow. he looks at her and then looks down slightly and looks back up at her, and that's all he does. <laughs> yeah, and I also like just the um, Miranda kind of summed up what I think they were trying to make the theme of this episode, which is. They become married and we become the enemy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I also just like that. What's his name look like? Will Forte. 
I guess we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about Peter and his inappropriate, like, basically flashing. Like, like he's, it's really not cool. Well, it's just weird because it's like Carrie said, like, it wasn't sexual. And it was, like, super awkward. And he, and she, like, obviously wasn't into it. So, I guess I don't, and Samantha was like, well, maybe you just wanted to show it off. And I guess, but, like, that just also seems weird. Like, I guess it's the the 90s version of a dick pic, an unsolicited dick pic, where it's just like, hi. Okay, because I I thought because she had been telling stories about hooking up with people she barely knows, that by doing that the next morning when his wife is, like, not in the house was a pretty big come on because he was not trying to do anything about it. Like, that's not... People don't just walk around without pants like that. No. I don't think. No, and and he's like he like sips his coffee like he's not even like trying to move away. Yeah, but he also says, "And she'll be back soon." Like, so it's like, okay, so do you want Carrie to like just like what did he want from that? I don't get it. Oh, I, I think I think he wanted something, but I I don't know. I wanted to see your opinion on that too because it's too weird, and the way his wife acts when Carrie tells her about it seems even more like there's been something like this in the past that she's like, yeah yeah i agree because she doesn't seem shocked she just seems like annoyed that it's happening again and when she's telling the story about hooking up when uh when carrie is he seems more interested than she does like it doesn't seem completely equal they're not both like oh yeah they're like he's like with them what happened yeah that's true so, but I just don't understand, like, in his mind, was Carrie just going to, like, see him with just a t-shirt on and be turned on? Like, that's oh, weird. Well, can I, can I say something else, though? Yeah. Because she's, they're like, well, how was it? And all that. So they can have, like, dick talk, the, the friends. And she's like, oh, yeah. she says, uh, oh, like, the basically implies that it's, like, the pepper grinder. Yeah. I bet he was, I bet he was fluffing it beforehand. <laughs> Absolutely. You don't just go like, but how long was he waiting out the outside of the door for her? I don't know, but I, I think I'm, I'm suspicious of this whole thing. Yeah, me too. I'm really suspicious. I think it was a setup. By who? Him. Because I think, I think like that, what he did was like the bare minimum of like, if she jumped at it, probably something could have happened then or later. But if nothing happened, it would be like easy enough to like get out of like, rather than like actually coming on to her. Oh my god, that's crazy. What if it was set up by the wife? Like to see if uh, Carrie to see if Carrie would go for it. But then she passed because she told her right away, which I admire. Because Me it was too. really awkward to bring it up and it actually ruined her whole weekend, but she still did it instead of like being like nothing happened. It was fine. Let's eat the good muffins. Yeah, that was actually really good. And um but he was like way too good at just denying it yeah carrie was a perfect angel in this but i I wanted to say one more thing which is when they're having the the meal this might be like a gender reversal i was thinking when they're having the meal and then and then they're like like, how big was it and then the guy's grinding the pepper and she's like "Ooh, like that so then he's like does anyone else want pepper and then samantha's like oh i think everyone else wants some pepper and then (laughs) and then charlotte and miranda are like no pepper but (laughs) I was like, if, if the generals were reversed, can you imagine? Like, if, if it was like, oh, and would anyone like like tuna salad or something like that? And then someone was like, it's like it was like a 
booth of bros and they were like, oh, I think everyone here wants to eat tuna salad today. It would be so inappropriate. And I feel like that guy was getting subtly sexually harassed while he served them. He totally was. And I mean, it reminded me of like, oh, at, at uh, Hooters. Oh, I'll have the chicken breast. Exactly. <laughs> hold, the, hold the breast. <laughs> I think I think that's exactly what was happening. Yeah. By Samantha, which I guess is expected, but still not cool. No, not. Yeah, let's rate it. Okay, ratings are our ratings system is seven point scale. Obviously, the only way to fly. Um, unless we add more, <laughs> unless we change it, and that's how it rolls. Um, the rules are up to us, so that's all I can say about that. And seven out of seven is absolutely. Six out of seven is a rent control department overlooking the park. Five out of seven, Manolo Blahnik. Four out of seven, I love you, but I love me more. Three out of seven, no one goes there anymore. Two out of seven, I curse the day you were born. And the tequila that Samantha was drinking. Uh, yeah, and I cursed that too. One out of seven, my entire life sucks. <laughs> All right. Um, I don't even know what to compare these to. I'm, I I have a really hard time rating these. I'm going to give it... I'm. Oh, okay. Are we going to say at the same time? Yeah, let's do the same time. We'll count down and we'll say it. Okay. Okay. Three. Three. Two. two one. one. No one goes there anymore. No one goes there anymore. Yeah. Yes. Because, honestly, like, we're not going back to, to episode three. Um... Yeah. No one, no one goes there anymore. Yeah, we gave this episode three, and because it is episode three, yeah. and but yeah, because the themes are so weak in this, it's just it's just like a made up reality. This episode takes place in, so yeah. But I mean, it's still fun to it's watch. Still entertaining. It's still yeah, it's it's entertaining. I just don't think it's the best, um, like wrap up or portrayal of what they're trying to accomplish. So it'll get better. I agree, and also I didn't care what happened to anyone in this episode, and I think that's that's not a a great episode. Like, there's episodes where I, I care who's going to learn something or what's going to happen at some point, and this one I just like I just watched it. I was like, okay, oh, I guess they're doing that now. Yeah, you know. Yeah, exactly. Like me too. Okay, well, thanks for listening. Thanks for talking, Abby. Yeah, talking. Oh, it's our new podcast, so. We're still working out the kinks. We got to translate our office podcast to this format, and I think we're we're gonna. What did you think about that longer description? I thought it was great. I want to hear what listeners have to say if we have any. <laughs> yeah, if you, if you have anything, just send us an email at the Sex in the City the podcast at gmail and we will do that. We have an Instagram account now, so I'm gonna put a picture of that Hanson T-shirt that Carrie's wearing on there. And we only in case have you missed it. We have one review, which is amazing that we got a review. It was from an off five fan, which is really cool to to see that um, people follow us over. So if you know any other off five fans or if you know anybody who likes Sex in the City, tell them about our podcast. And I think that review is in Canada, so you probably can't see it if you log on if you're in America. But you could leave us a review and we will read it on our podcast just like we did on the off five. Even if you hate this podcast, we will read it. We will read Let's it. Still leave us five stars because it'll help us. Just yeah, yeah. <laughs> You'll still get your moment of fame. I promise. All right. Well, thanks for listening. See you in a couple weeks, everybody. Bye. Sex in the city. The podcast. Bye.
five out of seven. Shit. One second. <laughs> Manola Blanca. Manola Manolo Blahnik. <laughs> okay. Is it, no, it is. It's Manola Blahnik. You have this spelled wrong. God. Oh, okay. That, that makes fashion. sense. Fashion. No Come on. It's called fashion. Okay. I'll learn. I'll learn. Uh, 